We are back with another episode of the Do As I Say, Not As I Did podcast. Again, the name kind of explains everything. We're giving you advice based on everything we did wrong the first time. And there was a lot of wrong on my side. Uh, Each week, I bring on founders, investors, just experts across the board, you know, technology futurists, salespeople, anyone who's really smart that can help us learn how to build a great business. Uh, And then together, we just answer the questions you send through about what's going on in your lives and in your businesses. So if you do have questions or you're trying to put out fires, and we know that if you're in a startup, there are fires, send them through to us and and we'll chat about them on one of our episodes. Uh, So send them through to podcast at joeldetrapani.com. I'm going to put that name in the show notes so you can just copy and paste because there's no way you're going to work out how to spell it. Uh, I am your host, Joel Trapani, and I'm the co-founder and co-CEO of Vigo, which is an edtech scale-up that we've been growing through Australia and the UK. And now I'm in the US, focused on uh, growing into the promised land, as I like to call it. Uh, on top of that, I'm an advisor and coach in the product space because I love helping startups and businesses work out how to run great product teams and build actually useful products which is something that took me a long time to work out. Uh, And today, I'm super excited to be joined by superstar Jason Cohen, who is just insanely good at building businesses. Jason has built four technology startups to more than $1 million in revenue. He sold two of them and is currently working at his fourth business, WP Engine, which has 200,000 customers and 1,200 employees. On top of that, two of the businesses Jason has started are worth over a billion dollars. Now, that is a resume that seems so good it's made up, but that is all true. Uh, And then outside (laughs) of all of this, Jason is very active in the startup community, trying to constantly give back, both as an angel investor and a writer. And genuinely, he is one of the only people that writes about startups and this world that's actually worth reading. So I would recommend checking out uh, his blogs and, and, and articles, which we'll post in the description as well. So really simply, Jason is an expert at building businesses and just about every aspect of that. So let's jump into it, Jason. How are you going today? Well, after that introduction, I'm doing really well. I got to, <laughs> I got to maybe listen to that every morning as like a, an affirmation. I have a card. My my, uh, my my daughter's taking Spanish in school, so she has flashcards. And one of the flashcards at the front just says, "What is wrong with you?" And I what? thought that was just very funny as a as an affirmation. So I have it in the closet. So every morning, as a personal affirmation, it just says. What is wrong with you? <laughs> so uh, maybe I can replace that yourself? with this introduction. I'll feel better. <laughs> I, uh, you know, the way I understand affirmations, that's a that's an interesting one to put in, but it would make me giggle. Yeah, it's every not, a, not a good one. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Um, let's help some people today. Let's help some people. But before we do help people, I'd love to know. Can you tell us a little bit more about what is WP Engine? What what is that doing in the world? Sure. So WP Engine is now thirteen years old. And we, as you said, we have 200,000 customers, 1,200 employees, and we are the, by by certain measures, the largest place where people go host WordPress sites. And so we, we are both the platform where you launch the site and developer tools for people who build the sites. And I say by some measures, uh, when you look at the top 10 million domains by traffic of all kinds... Um, we host a, a little over 2% of them, not not of WordPress, I mean of all websites. We host a little wow. over 2% of them. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's it's, it's, uh, it's quite a lot, uh, millions of websites. So everything that can be at scale is at, is at an interesting scale. And so, of course, that journey has been uh, challenging, interesting, and all the rest of it. That is crazy. 
it's you guys are uh one of the the pillars holding up the internet <laughs> like holding up that that structure of information out there yeah so every day about nine percent of everyone who's online which is a little over five billion people by you know some measures a, a little over eight percent or nine percent of everyone on the internet visits at least one wp engine property every day <laughs> that is so wild well yeah it is that's a uh, that's definitely a different scale than some of the questions that we're going to run through today. So uh, we're, we're going to be stretching <laughs> well, everyone maybe some of the somewhere. <laughs> um, all right, well, we'll uh, let's jump into some of these questions and let's start giving some advice. So, all right, topic number one today uh, is called how to grow from technical co-founder to CTO. Life was great when it was just me and my non-technical co-founder. I coded, he marketed, we grew. But now that we have hired a few more developers, I'm struggling. One of the members of the team does absolutely nothing. Another does everything, but his code is a mess and he refuses to slow down to explain what he's doing. A third guy keeps on insisting we need to throw everything away and recode everything from scratch because Python is the language of the future. I keep on needing to clean up other people's code and debug it whenever developer A's code doesn't work well with developer B's code. One of our team members just quit, so we're down to three developers, including me. My co-founder asked if I want to hire a replacement for him, and my gut reaction was no, because I missed the days when it was just me. I need help, I need books, podcasts, advice in general. I'll listen to anything from anyone who has walked this path before. From Caspian XI. What do you That's think funny. of there, Jason? Oh, it's classic first-time manager stuff. Um, yeah. It doesn't matter if you're the founder or you're a developer who has just become a manager. This is classic stuff. Being a manager is very difficult and it is very different from being a coder. Just the skill sets, they don't, they don't translate at all. People aren't like code. So, you, so they're like, well, I'm good at code wrangling. Well, it doesn't mean anything in terms of people wrangling. And developers often have this mindset of a good manager will protect me and get out of my way. And that's not true. <laughs> the manager should protect the team. That's, that's right. But um, of course, that's not the manager's job. The manager's job is to build a great team that works well together to accomplish the things together um, rather than people accomplishing things only by themselves. Um, otherwise, it's not a team. <laughs> yeah. So I think what, when that per especially when that person's saying, well, person A does this badly, person B does that badly, well, that's all the manager's fault. Like the way it's written, it sounds sort of like you're putting the blame on other people for having flaws. But of course, it's always the manager's fault because the manager has hired and is managing the team. So if you've hired the wrong person, that's the manager's fault. If you've hired people and they're not working well together, that's the manager's fault. If someone shouldn't be here, but they still are, that's the manager's fault. If you have hired well, but you're meddling in their stuff because you're, you're micromanaging, that's the manager's fault too. <laughs> it's hard to find an instance other than something like outright fraud that's not the manager's fault. <laughs> You yeah. know? And, and even if that's the case, okay, but the, but once it's discovered, then the manager does something about it. So, uh, and, and it doesn't sound like something like that's going on. So it just feels like this person does not know how to hire developers. And so, because you just got this motley crew of people that you don't want. So that means you're bad at hiring, as simple as that. Um, or bad at getting rid of people having found out that you uh, hired incorrectly. So he says like, I'll look for anything for advice. The first thing I would start is saying, like, well, do you want to be a great manager? 
does that sound fun? Does that sound energizing? You wake up and go, yeah, the main thing I want to do today is become a better manager. If the answer is yes, perfect, then you should be the CTO. And what materials should you get? Well, I mean, there's so many materials on this. <laughs> there yeah. are courses, there are books, there's blogs to read, there's probably mentors you could find. I'm sure there's other people that you could locate that, that would love to be a mentor of this. In fact, you don't need a mentor that's another founder because this isn't about being a founder, it's about being a manager. Well, there's tons of people who are, let's say, a fantastic VP of engineering who love mentoring even outside of their company on that topic. There are consultants who will help um, if, if you can afford it. Since you have three employees and one left, you could take the budget that you were paying that, that person and rather than hiring immediately, you could spend that on a consultant. I know a lot of consultants aren't that good. Fine. Some of them are, though. And also, if you're this bad at it, then even a mediocre consultant might get you a lot further than yeah. you will otherwise get. It might still be worth it anyways. So lots of ways to become a better manager, but first you have to want to. If on the other hand, you don't want to, which is what it sounds like to me. Again, it's very hard to get in someone's head when you can't ask them the questions and you're just reading yeah. into their writing and they're obviously frustrated. We have to make a lot of assumptions here. Yeah, it's hard to say when someone's frustrated in writing stuff what they really think. So that's completely unfair, but it's all we have to go on. So I would guess from the writing, this person doesn't want to be a manager. He says, I long for the times that it was just me. That doesn't sound like someone who wants to be a manager. Yeah. He doesn't say I'm longing to have a team around me of great people so that together we can kick ass. And I just, I don't know how to build a great team. That's not what he said or she, the person said, uh, I want to be alone. <laughs> That's yeah. the opposite of what a manager says or someone who wants to be a manager would say. So my guess is that the actual problem is they also don't want to be. So here they are a terrible manager and don't want to be better. That suggests they shouldn't be the CTO. Maybe they don't need a CTO or maybe you do need a CTO, but you need like in a large organization, what you would say is you have a CTO who's the visionary, which is a good role for a founder and sort of a general check uh, and, and uh, on, on tech. And you have a VP of engineering who, as they say, uh, makes the trains run on time, which includes building and managing the team in a larger org. That's how you do that and have that sort of strategic, visionary, exciting person be there and have this leadership role um, and yet um, get the management done properly. Now, this is too small for that, but you could kind of do it anyway. You could have a lead developer, for example, who's effectively that. You could have someone who's half manager, half developer. Again, at, at a larger scale, that's a bad idea. But small scale, I don't think that's a bad idea. I think at a small scale, the idea of like, look, there's only three of us. One of us is a lead and kind of tells everyone what to do. You know, kind of is the organizer of that, kind of helps do all that. I don't think that's so bad necessarily. So you could you could think of a structure kind of like that. But ultimately, if if you don't want to be the manager and you're bad at it, then you shouldn't do it. But that means someone else needs to do it. And so you have to figure out, can that work in this org? What is your role? So it may be that your role should be the CTO or some kind of principal engineer who's not the manager. Um, I wonder about the co-founder. Is the co-founder a good manager? We don't know. If yes, what if the co-founder is the manager? On the other hand, a non-technical person is not going to be able to have discussions one-on-one -on -one with people about the things that this other person just said. They won't know that. And even if the technical founder handed them that and said, here, have the conversation about this, it's so incredible that you can't, you can't do that. So I don't think you can just delegate it over to the non-technical founder. That's probably, that's probably in this case, not the answer. 
Um, so again, I think it goes back to that decision. Do you want to be a great manager? In, in which case you, that is your primary thing to do. It's not the, pro, not even the product. Cause what you're saying is kind of, you can't develop stuff. So it's not about the next feature right now. It's about fixing your organization. And so either that's yourself or you find some other organizational structure where someone else is the manager. Um, there's no two ways about it. You have a set of people and they're not fitting. Something's got to get, get changed. Some person thing needs to get changed and it might be the founder. Yeah. You just covered a lot of great points there. And, and, and honestly, you know, switch the podcast off here because I don't know how much more we can add to that. But I, I think up top, you, you make a really good point. And it's something that I've experienced a lot. I, I, would, I would go to my product coach and I'd say, I'm having this problem jason's doing this you know everyone's doing that like it's everyone's fault and and nine times out of ten they would say joel this is your fault <laughs> like you you are the manager here you are the leader this falls on you and and that's a that's kind of a hard thing at the beginning because you don't know when and and caspian xi we're going to call them caspian for short uh caspian's in a tough spot because in your first business uh I guess it's really easy because we made this mistake at Vigo. It's really easy to equate like growing the company and the right thing being being a manager, being a leader. Like that's what leadership is. It's just managing people because, you know, I, I hadn't had that much experience elsewhere. So we just thought I need to be a manager and I need to be good at it. My co-founders need to do that. My technical co-founder, he needs to be a great manager of people. And we didn't realize that that that's not how businesses have to grow. And it's not how all businesses do grow. Businesses grow in different ways and founders should be in different positions. So for a long time, we actually created a, a pretty bad product team because we, ke we kept forcing our technical co-founder into a management position. And our mm -hmm. engineering team never made progress. Continually, mm -hmm. the only person that did work was our technical co-founder because he was amazing. And he was an amazing, you know, he, he was and he is an amazing developer. Um, and, and a great technolo technological uh, yeah. visionary. But because of that, we kept hiring garbage people and doing a terrible job of managing them. Like, yeah. and, and when I say like, we hired bad people, we hired bad people for us. You know? They excelled at other places. We just didn't know oh, what we needed, right. what we were looking for. And the fit was right. so bad. And the fit together between the people we hired was so bad. So for a long time, we just wasted a lot of money on product because we, we didn't have sufficient management leadership in that team. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, developers uh, uh, look up to great developers, and so some a lot of times in their mind, that's what a good manager is. One of the ways that I try to dispel people of that at WP Engine is I say, "What do you want from your manager more? Do you want them to be able to SSH into the server and do weird stuff, <laughs> or do you want them to make sure the next person we hire is a perfect fit, a person that you love that's really good that fits?" Which one would you prefer? Let's say they couldn't SSH, they didn't even know what it was, but that next hire was perfect. Would that be good? Oh, yeah. Okay, let's say they hire someone trash, but they can go in and do SSH, which, by the way, isn't that what you do? Yeah. <laughs> isn't that your job anyway? Why do you want the manager to do your job? Yeah. So it makes it a little bit clearer, like, yeah, that's not what the manager's job is. They do need to be technical because of the credibility and to be able to make final decisions in the case that there's conflict or, or uh, non-unanimous you know, uh, 
thoughts. So yes, being technical is important, it turns out, but it's more like that's that's a necessary but not sufficient condition. That's just, just just so that you can work. But it's actually not the job of management. It's just if you lack that, it, then then it doesn't work. But that's not that's not really the goal, and that's not what the bullet points are. Um, if you're, in fact, uh, it's not uncommon for someone who's a mediocre developer to become a great manager. Because you need to know enough, but like you don't have to be the superstar. And in fact, it's not your job to be the superstar. If you can hire a superstar, isn't that the job exactly? Yeah. So again, at a large organization, you can afford to specialize and say, oh, here's a person who's a great manager, and it's okay if they don't have any other ideas <laughs> or contributions. Here's another person who's amazing at strategy. It's okay if they're a bad manager. They won't manage anyone. So at a larger org, it's okay to have this specialization. That's part of the benefit of a large org. There's lots of drawbacks, obviously. But one of the benefits is, oh, if you're really good at one thing, that's probably okay. Because <laughs> together, we can all be great at everything. And at a small team, a lot of times, there's gaps where no one is per no one is great at one thing. And so the small team just has that gap. So whatever, it's all trade-offs, right? It's not about better yeah. or worse. It's just this is what happens. Anyway, um, it's rare because if I'm a founder... I mean, there are people, there are founders who are fantastic managers. There's no doubt about that. But it's also common for it to be a superstar engineer who can code up everything just like this person is saying. And what's the chance that person is a good manager? I don't know, but it's not like 80%. <laughs> it's probably no more than 50 and maybe 20. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, I don't know. But but that's, it's really normal. So that's another thing is I, I wouldn't like beat myself up over the fact it's normal, but you still have to do something about it. Um, it is your fault. You know, another, another way I put that is, is just like, if you've, if you hire the wrong people, it's certainly your fault. If you hire the right people and you don't let them do your job, their job, it's your fault. And I'm not really sure there's other options. <laughs> they're either right or they're not <laughs> either way. Yeah. You know, who's, yeah. whose fault would it be? Now this person's taking that responsibility. I don't think they're shirking it because they're saying, I'll do anything. What should I do? But my, my guess is that they're, they don't mean it in the sense that like, I don't know that they want to be a great manager. If they really do, then why are they saying, I don't, you know, I'll take any advice. Why do they not, why are they not seeking that kind of advice? Um, and why are they seek? why are they, why are they pining away to not have a team? I, I actually think that it feels like they, they are taking all of their responsibility. I just don't think they know. Yeah. And that that was our problem in those days. Like we were making the wrong decisions because we thought that was how it had to be. But yeah, yeah, you mentioned something at the top, which I think is the most important thing here, which is: Do you want to do this? Do the work that you want to do. If you just want to be a developer, that's actually okay. You right. know, you you probably can do that most of the time. But you have to then let go of the reins, and you need to hire someone else that's probably more expensive than the people you have to take on a leadership role on that team. There are a bunch of different ways to do it, but the number one thing here is, you know, it, it is what you're saying, Jason. It's like, work out if you want to do it. And if you want to be a manager, then there's tons of great advice out there. Being a manager is hard though. You know, it's, it's hard for different reasons. Managing is hard. Hiring is really, really hard. And you're just going to get it wrong a lot. But we have work out if, if you want to lead this team from a management perspective or if you just want to lead it technically. And then, and then, find another way to do it, you know, hire that lead engineer, work with your founder to see how they can support and, and restructure, but definitely get a coach or a mentor or, or something. Like get someone else who's been here before because 
people love mentoring. This comes up on every single episode, by the way, Jason. It's like, get a mentor is pretty much always the answer. Speak to people that have been in this position. Because yeah, you, know, you may need something closer like a coach. Um, yeah. Because if you hear platitudes like, you got to get a better interviewing system. Here's three things to ask. That's better than nothing, but you got to deal with what you actually have. He li- this person listed uh, some specific things that were going on. To dig into that more and, re- and try to figure out, is this really a problem with that other person or is it the founder? Can you work with them to improve or not? And that's going to get down to the details. And a coach will get down in the details, go do meetings, go do interviews, do uh, one-on-ones, look at pair programming. Like the coach can get in there. I mean, I'm sorry, a consultant can get in there and really try to diagnose the specific things. And that may be what's necessary here. I think if you read blog posts or even a book about management, that's better than nothing. Certainly, especially if, if they're really high quality, maybe that will work. But you might need to see it first. There's a, There's an old saying... Um, see one, do one, teach one. And if you just, if you haven't seen how to do it, like actually witnessed a manager doing a great job and go, oh, that's how you handle that. Or it's a way to handle it. That's, that's intelligent. Okay. Now let me try. So that's see one. And then now I'm going to do it. And then maybe then I'm ready to apply that or, or, or be good enough at it that I could show someone else how to do it. So if this person hasn't seen it before, which sounds like, because again, they're like, help, I don't know what to do. So it sounds like they haven't even seen what a good manager looks like up close in detail. So a book may not, may or may not be enough to see it. And you may need a consultant. I don't know. Again, it's very hard from the outside, but it's just something to consider. Yeah. I can't recommend getting a, an external coach or consultant highly enough uh, for, for this kind of work. Someone who has that leadership experience when you don't, can 10x the outcome of your team. And that happened for us. We hired someone, they were expensive, and now our team is, like without exaggeration, maybe 100 times better because we were in a wow. in such a bad place. Like we just weren't doing anything. And, and now we have a really effective team that's developing a lot of work and we're doing the right work. So there's a lot of value there. I, I think there's the, we've given Caspian a lot, of, uh, a lot of good context here. So if we wrap this one up to a final judgment uh, on the situation here, I'm going to re- repeat back where, where I think we landed on this, Jason, and you can, you can clarify any points here. Caspian, number one, work out if this is what you want to do. And it's okay if it's not, and that's actually really normal. And if it is, if it is something you want to do, then, then go and get a consultant or a coach and, and get them to help you build this team better because it's not working now. But if it's, if it's not what you want to do, go and get a coach or a consultant and get them to help you work out how to build a team with a different structure that, that works for you as well. Uh, and, and find someone who's done it before because I think that's the clearest way to do it. But also it. probably just hire an experienced person in your team. Right. Good. Great. All right. Caspian, uh, you've been advised. It's not a catchphrase we have to date, but maybe it'll stick. Um, all right. Uh, jumping into uh, into challenge number two today. It's called, how do you guys create your inner circle? I'm an entrepreneur that's doing relatively well, but have no one to talk to and compare notes with. Scenario is sort of like, no one in family that is visionary and gets the dynamic. Wife doesn't get it, wants success and supports by managing the household, but doesn't want to ideate. I'm not originally from the area I live in, so a lot of the old school contacts, I have no one around here. Uh, 
Experience with entrepreneur groups to date is that everyone's got their sales hat on and is in it for themselves, which is fine. Uh, so it's not really the dynamic to cultivate uh, that they have your back kind of environment. And if you find that it's the wrong kind of people uh, who are there or who are desperate, I don't want to hang out with them either. So how do you all get your inner circle? Where can you go and talk through things um, and talk about how things go in your startup? From simple start 2395. There's, there's a bunch of context there, but, but I think this is actually a pretty common one uh, in the early days of, of trying to build a trying to build a, people, a group of people you trust in the startup world is challenging when you're brand new to it. That's very true. And I know that in certain locations, it can be quite different. I remember I was in New Zealand in 2011, and that was one of the complaints of the entrepreneurs there is that between tall poppy syndrome and other things, it was just hard to be an entrepreneur there. It was hard to get support um, from family or other otherwise. Obviously, the trite answer is you go online and then the whole world can be your friend. And so you just need to find a few people in the whole world. And of course, that's true in some kind of mathematical sense, but it's it's obviously not that easy. As this person said, you know, Twitter and other social things is full of people that are mostly either yeah trying to do something on their own or egotistical, not really looking for people to do that with. So I'm not sure there's a magical way. I mean, it's to me, it's a kind of like saying, hey, I want to get married. Um, what's a good way for me to find someone who wants to get married? Because, you know, Twitter is a mess. And it's like, well, I'm not <laughs> sure there's a simple answer to how to find someone to get married to. Like that's, you you know, some of the normal channels, you know, it's all low probability. So you just do it in different channels and see, like, I don't, uh, you might get recommendations from friends, <laughs> but, you know, this, it's not going to be a formula. So I, I fear that this is a similar type of thing where, I mean, there's not like a formula to do this. Um, one kind of one concept could be, I would guess that the other people you'd want to meet would also feel like you feel. In other words, they would also be frustrated that online is full of ego people or uh, or people trying to sell a course after all or something like that, and that they just want someone who's in the same f- stage that they can commiserate with. And that it's frustrating that online or otherwise it's hard to find. If they also feel that way, um, I wonder. This is a funny idea, but uh, but I'm just we're just riffing. Could you have a landing page which says that as briefly and and powerfully as possible, a couple of sentences, and then in your own social media or even ads, I don't know. Could you try to get people to that, and could that help be a filter to try to find it? That's kind of silly, but. It's it's silly, but it's a it's a random idea, and it feels like all the obvious ideas are again obvious. They're not even worth listing. That is actually a really fun idea. Uh, like you're a founder of a startup, you obviously understand you know technology and marketing to some extent, and and messaging, and you know what's what's the value prop here of an inner circle put that on there put 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 it a bit of a description of of what the other challenges that you're trying to overcome and just use google to drag to drag an audience there and see what the conversion's like because you know the conversion has to be from people that are in a similar space it, like it's you're not going to have people converting <laughs> through whatever this you know friendship sales pipeline is is but um I I don't know. I've never tried it, but it's an interesting one. 
yeah. If you Another if you try that, that comes to mind is 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 you mentioned mentors. That's not what this person's talking about. They're talking about peers. One challenge with a peer group when you're new, though, is if no one's done this before, everyone's commiserating, but not necessarily that helpful. So the person did say, like, they just want someone to ADate with or just be able to vent on someone else who understands. Okay, well, then that works. And that it has some utility, but it actually doesn't get you closer to some answers, which you, which a lot of times these groups are useful for because everyone's guessing. You kind of want people who've seen the movie movie before also. So sometimes a good group is a group where people are in different stages of their business. So that as people have these different challenges, maybe there's someone else who's done that before and can give you some better advice, like a mentor, but not, but a, more like a peer, but still uh, maybe in certain ways that way. And then the question is, how do the people who are less experienced also help the people that are more experienced so that it does feel like a peer group where everyone's learning from everyone genuinely and not like mentor-mentee relationship, which feels much more one-sided. Well, I can tell you as a mentor what I look for so that I can learn, which is I look for people who are really intelligent, doing something interesting, and are always trying new things and have, therefore, insights about stuff. It could be anything. A random thing they found out about Facebook ads that works right now and might not work in three months. Or uh, some new industry that I don't know anything about, but it's very interesting and they're doing stuff. Or their energy is just infectious and they're optimistic or whatever they are. They they, they have lots of interesting ideas. Um, that even even in a more mature business, you start losing that. And so to have that kind of energy and thoughts, that can be really energizing, um, even generate ideas that aren't being generated otherwise that you could bring in. So in other words, maybe it's a peer group of differing experience sets so that different people are bringing different things to each other effectively. And um, uh, and so you still would get the this, the general commiseration of like, oh, I have to fire someone. I've never done that before, or it sucks, you know, and you can get that. Um, but everyone can benefit, and it's not just one-sided. Um, that might be really healthy and more useful. That kind of thing, too, like, again, if, if, if you said it right, I don't know what that means exactly, but if, if it was said that way so that people who responded Again, I, I don't know how you really filter out people who want to sell stuff. I, I agree with that. It's That's tough. <laughs> but again, if, if you try to call that out and say that, just to make it clear, like you might as well not not reach out if you're like that. You know, could that help? But that might be better than just saying, like, let me find a whole bunch of people who have $300 in, AR, in MRR and we'll try to help each other. And it's like, it's better than nothing, but I'm not, I'm not sure how helpful it is. Yeah, the... There was a quote that I heard so many years ago now, but but I think about it still every single day. I don't know who said it and I'm going to butcher it, but it's a, it's a really common kind of like piece of self-help advice you hear, which is something along the lines of you are the average of the five closest people around you. And so yeah. if you, you know, if you hang around with people who are all at your level, you're going to be dragged to remain at that level. So I I always, I'm always so conscious of my peer group and my peer group, exactly like you're saying, Jason, it's not people who are all exactly my, exactly my level. It's all people who have a similar value set to me. It's like ambitious people who want to achieve something, who want to make an impact on the world and who care about, you know, who care about things a lot. We don't have to have the same startups. We don't need to be at the same stage. But I, I want to come out of that 
conversation learning or or energized or excited and inspired for for different reasons so i definitely think yeah no i I understand that and you know i think that's especially good for things like uh like getting in shape you know if you're hanging around with people who are in better shape that's motivating and so on i hesitate to use the word level for this because what it implies is oh you're just starting out so you're at a lower level than someone who has a business with more arr and sure that is true in some dimension, like the dimension of experience scaling teams. Okay. Yeah. This person has more experience than this other person. Okay. But what I'm trying to get at with the mixed group is that it's not, oh, here's the group of people who are at a low level and here's the people at a high level. Now go. I don't think that's a healthy dynamic mm-hmm. for a group that of peers. Instead, I think about what is everyone bringing something great to the table? We're building a wall together. Is everyone building a, bringing some bricks of their own? And they'll be different. So sure, for some people, what they're bringing is longer years of experience, having seen more things, doing things at scale, having, having attacked a challenge a few times, whether successfully or otherwise, um, that someone else hasn't even seen before. Some people will bring that. And that's good, but other people are bringing other things that are also valuable. And so it's not a matter of like, who's at what level. It's more like what, what special things can I bring to this? And, uh, that way it feels to me more like human peers (laughs) rather than, you know, rather than like, Oh, I got to average up because what that implies is, okay, well then in the, of that group of five, there's someone who's the highest level there. And are they dumb for, for being brought down to the level of the average of the group? I mean, it's possible, but that would be a bad dynamic, wouldn't it? Like that'd be good for the person at the low level and bad for the person at the high level, which doesn't sound like a good team dynamic to me. I would rather, Oh, different people have different things to bring to contribute. Let's go. That feels a lot better to me. Yeah, I I definitely agree with the sentiment of what you're getting at. I, I think, you know, maybe there's an oversimplification in, in the language that I'm using, but I think, you know, levels in the way I'm using it, I mean, like in anything, like I love speaking to brand new founders who, who will have less revenue than me because they're so excited and like ambitious. And so like, yeah. I want that infectious energy. And that's why like, I love mentoring, but because, you know, people who are early, like you said, they, they have different insights about, you know, maybe this Facebook ads hack or, or it's, it's just about, you know, the energy and the excitement and, and the passion of a problem that they're solving. So I, I, I guess in general, like, I totally agree with the idea that having a mixed, a mixed group of peers is really important because that's the whole point of diversity in companies as well. Like you don't want to have the, 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 the same hundred people right. running a business and it's, you don't want to have the same hundred people in your life. You, you won't learn about new ideas or, or new aspects like I, I love exploring uh, and, and you know we, we had dinner with a group of people Jason I love having like groups of very different people you know artists or fitness professionals or community builders or founders like bringing different viewpoints ch- challenges you know what you thought was possible which I love so yeah I'm in complete agreement like let's absolutely find, find the right people but if I go all the way back to the start there are common paths which I think we've kind of skipped over because I'm just going to run through them quickly. They'll jump out to me just in case this person doesn't really know them. So the things that, that I think work because I just moved to a new country six months ago and I had to build my, my social group here from scratch and I found it really challenging. So the things that I found really effective, one is just going to tons of events. Now I went to a bunch of events and a, a lot of them were bad. 
But some of them, I met one great person. And then that one great person, I met another great person. So like you need to go to just so many events and, and keep going to whatever's available. Um, then, you know, friends are friends. As soon as you meet someone, go to all the events that they're throwing, you know, in, integrate into, into different social groups that already exist, which is there. Then one that I find extremely, uh, extremely effective um, is cold reach out. And that kind of seems crazy in the idea of like meeting peers or meeting friends. But when I got here, I was sending one or 200 cold outreach messages on LinkedIn a week. People that were in spaces that I wanted to learn about and that I thought we would get along, you know, other founders at different levels in different industries. I wanted to meet a lot of founders. And, you know, the response rate was low, but people are interested in talking. And, and it's kind of on that same idea that you said, Jason, I just put the message out there. Here's who I am. Here's what I'm looking for. Like, I'd love to have a, have a coffee. Can I buy you a coffee? And over time, that started to build and build and build a, a different kind of network of people. And then lastly is that I just started throwing my own events, you know, small dinners or, or groups of 20 people or 15 people. It doesn't matter, but just, you know, everyone I met, come to a party, come to a party. And, and different things had different levels of success. And I got to meet different people and it's been really fun. But I'd say, you know, there are a bunch of different ways to do it. Going to co-working spaces can be effective. It also can be garbage. Like it depends on the co-working space. It depends on the day you're there. It depends on the mood that people came in that day if you meet the right person. The, the one underlying thing that's been really powerful for me is just repetition. It, it, it is, you know, it is like finding a wife to some extent. There's no silver bullet. You don't just go into one app and then enter the details and you get matched perfectly. It's, it's you know, you've got to talk to people and talk to people and talk to people. And that's not a waste of time, you know, because like you're saying, Jason, like having conversations with different people is interesting and you learn things. So, you know, I had a lot of conversations that I hope that I don't have again, but I, I learned a lot of those and, and, you know, I got to practice my conversational skills and pitching skills and messaging and everything that whole way. So it's, you got to put the work in, I think, you know, it's, it's not just going to come to you. And if you, if you sit there and you hope it comes to you, I don't think you'll build an effective peer group. So yeah, be, be intentional about it, but you just have to put the work in, you know, and you're not, I guess, simple, simple start two, three, nine, five. You're not opposed to it. You're building a business. That's putting, you know, too much work into something. Put it into into your peer group. Makes sense. Right. If something's low probability, you have to try it a lot for the serendipity to happen. Yeah, exactly. So I guess uh, if we'll come to a final judgment here as well. And the final judgment is it is hard, but it is important. So uh, finding that peer group can be really beneficial. And and like Jason said, get get a really diverse peer group find people that, that bring a lot of different kind of value to one another so everyone is building that wall together and then put the work in just uh just you know keep going back put those reps in and eventually yeah you'll you'll find at least one person and that will continue to lead to other people well uh i honestly i think we're gonna have to wrap that one up there we, we've uh we've had so much great conversation around those uh but, but before we sign off today jason let the favorite part of uh of the show my favorite part of the show is plugs so uh what have you got going on right now uh anything you want to plug well uh you mentioned i've been writing for 16 years you can find that so my, online my name is a smart bear like the animal it's because that was the name of my previous company smart bear which was also a seven-year bootstrap journey wow um so it's a smart bear on twitter or it's a smart is all the longer writing and so 
that's where you can find me personally. So follow and subscribe and all that stuff that'll make me feel better because my numbers will go up and then I'll feel like I'm <laughs> worth more as a person. <laughs> what was your affirmation? What is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah great definitely do it i'm subscribed to all those things you know the the articles are so interesting it, it uh you know and and they range from everything I, one of the articles you posted recently that i saw jason was about um the the analysis of planes in world war ii and how where they were getting shot down and, and the flawed thinking so y- you will learn very interesting ideas about how to build your business if you, if you go and follow so uh on my side uh don't forget to like and subscribe to the show. You know, hit the subscribe button, hit the five-star button. As I say this every single week, do it on your phone and then get your friends and your family's phones and also download and subscribe to the podcast there and give us give us five stars there as well because they probably want to listen to it. As they also want to listen to it. So you're just doing them a favor. Um, thank you to everyone that writes in. We love your problems. We love your questions. They're really fun to debate. Uh, I had a lot of fun debating them today. So please keep sending them in. Uh, again, send them to podcast at joeldietrapani.com, uh, which will be in the show notes. And lastly, I've included a booking link. So, you know, if you want to have a conversation, if you want to learn more about this, uh, or if there's any other ways, you know, I, I can help in, in your product journey, which I know can be challenging, uh, book a meeting with me. There's going to be a booking link there. Let's have a conversation. It'll be super fun. So we're going to wrap this one up. Jason, thank you so much for today. Thank you for arguing and laughing with me today. Uh, I really enjoyed the conversation and I think the audience will too. We'll see you all next week. <laughs>